I think that the escapism that cheap old houses tapped into this idea that you can have something unique, you can have something that taps into that sense of uh, creativity for you and using your hands and all the things you're not getting to do, you know, in your cubicle every day, pushing pixels around on your computer. Plus you can actually afford it and no one can afford houses now. It's kind of the perfect coming together. That's Elizabeth Finkelstein. Her and her husband, Ethan, are the hosts of Cheap Old Houses, a show on HGTV, and run an Instagram account under the same name, as well as a listing website called Circa Old Houses. We chatted over Zoom about why they got into the business of finding, promoting, and restoring cheap old houses and how their Instagram account blew up to 1.8 million followers. This is Deconstruct, a podcast by The Real Deal. So when did you guys start Cheap Old Houses? So we had started a website called Circa, Circa Old Houses, and that was for price points of all different um, ranges, and it was for old houses. And what we had done over the course of running that feed was we kept posting these houses that were under $100,000, and they every single time we posted like a blog post about these houses, it just went completely viral. And so... Elizabeth was like, I think I want to start this feed off of this because it's just, it's just something that everyone can kind of dream on. And it's like how it's like house people's favorite thing on the internet to look at. The couple then started an Instagram feed of cheap old houses in 2016. Although I would say this started in our childhood. I grew up in a cheap old house that my parents restored with their own two hands. So it was a fixer upper project. And my mom tells stories of, she said she wanted to go see this house and the realtor told her that they'd taken a whole bunch of other people to see it and no one would get out of the car when they pulled up. They were like, actually, no, we don't want to see it. And that was exactly the kind of house my mother wanted. So I sort of grew up with this kind of ethos and my understanding of my house memories of this house were always as this beautiful place that was different, that was unique, that was interesting, that my parents knew inside and out and they worked on and it brought them together. And it was a constant source of creative inspiration for my mother and really think I've ever gotten away from that. That's my idea of home. I mean, Ethan has his own old houses in his life. Yeah. I mean, I, my family, my dad was in the Navy, so I was a Navy brat. So I moved every two years. So my concept of home was really like this family home. Um, that was my grandparents' house in New Hampshire. That was a 150-acre farm. That was, you know, a 1700s house. And that was our sort of always stable place that we spent our time. But I think the concept of like cheap you know, really kind of gets you into this like stability for a house or a place. So for us, getting a cheap old house, like created our stable environment that like I knew, you know, we wouldn't have to move every two years or whatever. So my home experience was all about home, even though I was in a different home so many, you know, every, every other year, which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, you kind of craved, I guess, that stability. I, I grew up in this house. I never left it until I went to college. I was born there and I was raised there, but Ethan moved around and yet we both landed in the same place in terms of what we want. Both of them, as fate would have it, grew up to like old things and restoring old things. 
Elizabeth went on to get a master's in historical preservation, and Ethan got a degree in digital marketing. So fast forward to 2016, and they have this Instagram account for people who also like old homes. So what was it like, what was the Instagram account like when it first started? Um, it was one of these things that we didn't necessarily have to try to market. As soon as we did it, it caught on. I think it tapped into a nerve. One is that people can't afford houses right now, especially the Instagram audience, which tends to be a millennial audience. Um, a millennial audience that is extremely design savvy, wants something that's different, that's unique, that they can call their own. I know that the page kind of blew up during the pandemic. It became super, super popular. Can you talk a little bit about that? When the pandemic hit, it spiraled completely out of control because people all of a sudden could take that leap of faith they were maybe afraid to before because they had a specific job tying them to a very expensive city. But I don't think the pandemic is the only time when the idea of buying a cheap old house is very alluring. I think that we are in a housing crisis in this country, pandemic or not. The pandemic has certainly exacerbated it, but it's been a problem for years even before that happened. Oh, I was just gonna say that if, I think if there's one thing the pandemic has done very recently, it's made it harder to find cheap old houses because the prices are so inflated everywhere. Uh, so that's, that, that's interesting to see how that will tap out. I think well, I, I think and also new construction isn't happening as brisk as it should. So we're purchasing older houses. The new construction is just not happening. So we have to find solutions for housing. I mean, it's just, it's, there's a, a supply and demand issue. And if, if working remote continues a long time, this idea of location, 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 which is the mantra of real estate what does that look like? Does it matter? You know, you maybe can now move for that wild, crazy house where there's no job market in the surrounding area because you're working remotely. And what does that do? And how does that shift things around? Homeownership nowadays, I think, is just changing. I think people are able to work differently than they were before. Um, I think I see that you're working from home right now. So we can all live and work wherever we you know, are able. And I think, you know, this is something that we had wanted to do forever ago, but now we're sort of living it. And hundreds of people that we know have bought houses off of the Instagram feed and are doing this as well. So I have to ask, and I'm sure, you know, our listeners want to know as well, how exactly do you find these homes? And who exactly are your followers? We scour the internet all the time. I guess a lot of them come to us through our website, which is circleoldhouses.com, which we generally like to show houses on the feed that not only can be purchased and bought, but can also teach people something about historical architecture. So we like to post things that have a lot of the original details left. I think people who have been following us for a very long time love the fact that they start to see the same kitchen in every 1920s house. It's they feel that they're getting an education on what these houses can and should look like. And a lot of people don't really know that because many old houses don't exist anymore in their original state. So for the purpose of the feed, the cheap old farmhouse that we ended up buying didn't even make the cut. The, the houses that do the best on the Instagram feed are really intact. Like they look like somebody just walked out to go to the grocery store in 1934 and didn't come back and they've just been left. People love a window into a time. So we're really finding there really isn't one type of 
person, except that I would say everybody that follows us is creative. We have a lot of, we have a lot of blue check marks, like a lot of famous musicians and artists and actors and actresses and people who do not need a $30,000 house in Oklahoma, but are love to look at these photos and imagine what they can do with them. And you don't really seem to focus on one specific area or region. Is that right? It's funny. A lot of people say, can you post more houses in California? Can you post more houses in New York City? And sometimes I'm like, yeah, we should start an account, you know, for houses under a million dollars because that's a cheap old house in California. They're really, they're really, it's very, very hard to find them. But then I'm kind of like, you know what? That's not really the point of this feed. The point is of this feed is to open your mind to places in the country where there are actually affordable things. And it's, that's, I think, what's been the most interesting is these towns come up over and over that I had never heard of before I started this feed. Um, I think Peoria, Illinois, I had heard of Peoria, but I didn't know much about it. And oh my word, it just keeps coming up and up and up. And, and there are so many places like that elsewhere in the country. And you realize that America is so much bigger than Chicago, New York, Portland, and LA. I mean, or where, wherever you want, you know. And so it really has been a very interesting thing. Um, yeah, as Elizabeth was saying, like it's just never really had um, a major issue with kind of being popular. And it coincided with us looking for our own house. We got a cheap house for the area. We are living outside of New York City, but it is not like, it's a $400,000 house. And, you know, we still perpetuated this dream and we finally ended up with our $70,000 house that we are working on Wait, you just answered a question that I was going to ask. Um, so you've actually bought a cheap old home. Where is it? We don't like to say exactly where it is just for privacy. What do we say? It's, so the house is located between the Adirondacks and the Green Mountains. It's the most rewarding thing to have that now where we're finally at that stage where we purchased this house. I mean, I can tell you a little bit about this house. Like this house is to us is just the complete dream. It's got a brook by the side of it, it has 10 acres. It's a 1770s farmhouse. There's a little pond on the property. There's a barn on the property. I mean, and we bought it for $71,000. Like, I, it, yes, it needs a lot of work, but it's to us, the literal cheap old house, farmhouse, cheap old farmhouse dream. It, this is actually like a mansion to us because we came from a 500 square foot apartment. <laughs> but now we're looking to just have like that, I don't know, two, 3,000 square foot home that just feels right with a barn or a garage, just a little extra amenities that are not really crazy asks, <laughs> but are, are like unaffordable to us in, in like our really expensive area of the country. You know, so many people look at these houses and they can call them like a money pit, right? And I think what what is so amazing and so freeing and so like just inspiring to us is that we don't have a mortgage on this house we it might take us five years to restore this house but at the end of the day we are hoping to not have a mortgage like it's completely freeing for someone in the creative field or someone who doesn't know always where their paychecks are coming from um, it, it is a farmhouse it it needed everything in fact it was so bad that i didn't even put it on the feed i remember seeing it and we love the area that it's in, but it didn't make the cut for the feed. And because it was really, really gutted, it was really bad. And and I went and looked at it while Ethan was away with our son one weekend camping. And I was like, 
I'm just going to go look at this house. And as soon as I stepped on the land, I was like, we're in trouble. Ethan's going to want this house. And we put an offer on it and we got it. And we, we actually found out that we had almost been outbid by people who were not going to keep the house. They were going to tear it down and buy it for the land. So we feel very happy that it landed in our hands and that we're able to save it. Deconstruct airs every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, or you can listen at therealdeal.com. For comments on this episode or on the series, or if you have an idea you'd like to share, feel free to reach me at podcasts at therealdeal.com. Next week, we're talking about the metaverse and how investors are starting to buy virtual real estate in the virtual world. Tune in then.